This is Lightning Playoff Rewind. 50-50, this is one by the Lightning. Hedman rips it around the far boards. Kalorn trying to get it out. He does! To the red line. Kalorn tips it toward the open net. It went wide left. Down to the final few seconds. It comes in front. Kalorn! Score! Kalorn! Empty netter! Game six on Saturday! Coming up! 4.2 seconds left. 4-2 Lightning. I think that was an answer tonight. You know, uh, we've been up the last couple games and let it slip, and we knew uh, we're coming to Toronto. Uh, we're, we're winning this and we're taking it back home. Um, you know, we got a shout out to Sorelli. You know, our line lets up a goal and next shift we want to talk about an answer. Gets a goal right back, puts it straight in the game, put the momentum right back in us. Don't, don't feed the crowd. So everyone around the room, Vassy, uh, every line down, had a great game tonight. So it's one game at a time. Obviously good effort from us tonight. Obviously some things that we can still work on. But, you know, we'll, we'll watch some video and try and get a little bit better, you know, each and every game. And it's just one at a time, one game at a time. So we got to go, go there and... You know, that's a really good team over there, so we know they're going to come out hard, so we got to be ready and, and be ready to go for game six. I'm not saying this is going to, we've won this series. We won one game, and we are still have so far to go. But to come into this environment, and it was a phenomenal environment, and to play the way we did, you know, we just, as I said a couple days ago, you know what, we're going back to the rink, and uh, that's exciting for us. To break down yesterday's playoff action, here's Bobby Fenton on Lightning Radio 24-7 on the Lightning mobile app. And a happy Friday morning. Game 6 coming up edition of the show. Today here on Lightning Playoff Rewind, I'm Bobby Fenton. We wake up with the Lightning coming off of a win. We wake up with a series still in progress. And we wake up with Game 6 to look forward to as the Lightning go up to Toronto last night and get exactly what they needed a 4-2 win after the empty net goal, which you heard there, after some very tense moments late and really tense moments throughout. But all the way through, the Lightning played a solid hockey game, and honestly, it's the third time in a row they've done it, despite the things that we don't want to talk about, how those last two games ended. For the better part now of 180 minutes, the Lightning have been taking it to the Maple Leafs. Finally, they get the payoff, which is actually winning the game. And so many things happened last night that were both expected in some ways, unexpected in others. We're going to break it all down today. It's going to be fun, obviously, to be able to do that for once. And it's also going to be looking ahead to Game 6, which now changes the not just the math. Obviously, the math is what it is. Three games to one has become three games to two. But it changes the psychology quite a bit as people are starting to murmur a little bit up in Toronto. We'll get to all that today. Again, I'm Bobby Fenton, joined by the guy who makes Lightning Radio go both behind and in front of the microphone. It's Steve Versnick on this Friday morning. Steve, what's going on? Well, uh, Toronto media is melting down. I was, you know, I was listening to some podcasts anything. this morning of uh, some of the Toronto uh, media members and that, and and just not happy with Sheldon Keefe and their decision-making, not happy with three or four of their forwards and a couple of their defensemen and uh, just not happy at all with their play. And listen, they are still absolutely in a much better position than the Lightning. I'm not saying I wouldn't be worried a little bit if I was them. I, anybody who hasn't gotten to four wins yet has to worry a little bit. you got to get to four. But this is another example. I'll tell you, if I was a hockey player, and obviously I'm from here, most of these guys grew up in Canada or other parts of the world, but I'm looking at where do I want to spend my hockey career. What, why would you want to deal with all that? I mean, 
they failed to close out a series in five games against a team that's been to three straight Stanley Cup finals. Did you think maybe the Lightning might not get one, and they're freaking out? I mean, it's, this is all the normal course of how a series goes. And like I said, if I was just looking at it from Toronto's perspective, I'd be a little concerned. I, I don't like how they've played for three games in a row now, for most of the parts of three games in a row now. But this is, you know, it's a self-fulfilling prophecy with these guys half the time, man. This is what they do. And wouldn't you rather come down here with nice weather, a great organization, play for a winner? We've got media coverage. We've got attention. We've got great fans who sold out, you know, a million games in a row. But without all the baggage, there's just so much baggage they got going on up there. Well, when you haven't won that playoff series in, what is it, eight, 19 years? Yep. Um, and what, oh, in, is it 10 or 11 now? And closeout games. Ten and closeout okay. games. You know, in that stretch where they don't seem to be able to close out series, and you know, we know from the Lightning's perspective, you have to learn how to win those games. And you know, the Lightning had a lot of success early, but couldn't close it out against Chicago in fifteen. Couldn't close it out against Pittsburgh in sixteen or Washington in in eighteen. You know, and and the, obviously Columbus got you know that was just four games and and they didn't know what hit them but they, you have to learn to get through that before you can figure out that success that's you know that's the ultimate part of the team in the playoffs in NHL Toronto hasn't learned that yet they haven't figured out how they can get over that hump yet they get to three wins a lot they haven't figured it out yet and now you're taking on the two-time Stanley Cup champs for the last three years and you lost game five on home ice now you got to go to game six on the road where Tampa's been very good this year, although they lost both games in the series so far. But you lose that game on the road, which wouldn't be unexpected. Now it's a game seven. Anything can happen in a game seven. Yeah, and that's the thing. We talked about it the other day. I, I looked at it as instead of how we got to win three in a row, teams have to do that all the time in other playoff formats. So that was a quarterfinal win last night. We're in the semis on Saturday and a berth in the final if they can win that one. And it's as simple as that. And like you said, I mean, the Lightning have been really good at home as a rule this year. However, in this series, they've, uh, well, 0-2 now. I'm looking at the NHL. They played well enough to win both those games. Oh, yeah, no, we know that. I mean, they definitely played well. But to be 20-20 and is the record of all the – I'll go to numbers corner later. But 20-20 and is the record of all home teams in these playoffs so far. In this series, it's only 1-4. and four. The Lightning are 0-2, having been the second-best team at home behind Boston in the regular season. I'm probably reading too much into it. It's not going to matter when the game starts. But I feel like there's a lot of regression to the mean where a Lightning home win is on the menu here, just based on everything else that's happened all year. These are small sample sizes in the playoffs, of course. And like I said, it's not going to matter once the puck drops. But just having a game six, man, it feels good. Saturday night, 7 p.m. has been announced as the time for face-off. It'll be on Bally Sports, of course. It'll be on TBS, of course, if you're looking for the, uh, you know, the cable, the national channel. And the reason for it all is the Lightning's win last night, 4-2. to two. So let's talk about what happened. I mean, and this was a busy night. There was a ton going on. We had the Rays, we had the NFL Draft, we had the Lightning. So 7 o'clock rolls around, and... Obviously, down 3-1, there's a little bit of nerves. Like, it's an elimination game. Lightning haven't played one of those yet this year. Last year, they played the one against Toronto at Amelie Arena, won it, and then they went and played Game 7. But they weren't down 3-1 last year. So, right away, and Lightning are playing well, just like always. Lightning take it to them. Flow of play seems really good. 
But then John Tavares brings one in down the right wing, gets it into the corner. The entire Lightning team, it felt like, ran around and chased him into the corner. We had both defensemen below the goal line. He fires it back up. High slot, Morgan Riley, and it's one nothing. And they're all, you know, they've been not just wanting to win a playoff series at all, but they get to see it in person. The arena was complete mayhem after that first goal. Bad feeling, Steve. No, no, question, no question about it was a bad feeling. I mean, as well as the Lightning started that game and we're controlling play, to give up that first goal on the road, you're going, oh, no. You know, not, not, another, not another effort where the Lightning are outplaying them but can't seem to either hold on as in game three and four or now you fall down in this game. Yeah, and the first goal has been so big – actually didn't end up working out that way last night or the night the game before but mm -hmm. overall it's been so big and in the playoffs besides the lightning series it's been really big and so they get that goal and it wasn't a bad goal by Vasilevsky or anything like that mm -mm. just a kind of a breakdown on defense everybody got out of position it happens so this was the really impressive thing for me because and this is where I get to, we'll do my momentum rant maybe in a minute or two but that arena after that first goal, I mean, anytime the team, the home team scores a goal in a big game, there's, you know, a nice pop in the arena. But even in the ensuing faceoff, the next shift, I mean, the arena's going crazy. They're still announcing the goal. It's complete mayhem. Like I said, if you're a believer in momentum, there was never a bigger case, a more classic case than that. And even as they're all freaking out and waving towels and yelling, they're announcing the goal. Even as it's all happening, that next line comes in and they're grinding. And Brandon Hagel beats his guy along the wall, gets the puck in. And then he gets it down low, gets it to Kalorn, back up top to Perbix, who fires a shot from the point. And then Hagel's right there on the doorstep. He can't get the rebound to go, but Sorelli scoops up behind him. And you want to talk about cathartic goals, because every goal is cathartic, especially in the playoffs, but certain ones more than others. Man, when they scored that goal, even though it was just a tie of the game, they didn't lead. For whatever reason, I just really, really relaxed. I was like, whew, it's going to be okay. And that crowd, I mean, it was like someone stuck a needle in the arena and just went and just sucked every ounce of air out of there. Really good feelings there, man. That was a big one. It was huge. And, and to do it 25 seconds later, it wasn't a couple shifts. It wasn't later in the period. 25 seconds later, I mean, the crowd's not sat down yet. You know, they're still yeah, up and cheering. From the goal. Yeah. And, and so in order to get that goal that quickly – it put it put Toronto back on their heels instead of surging at that point. And and you know, I heard Dave Michigan and, and was talking about this after the game last night. Toronto in this game and, and really in the last three games have never really surged five on five. They've had some rushes, they've had a shift here and there. They've never really had that surge five on five in this series. No. Or at least in the last three games. And you know that's it. the Lightning have been so good at containing them five on five. Where, like I said, they may have a shift where they do really well, and and they may have a couple players here and there. But as a team, you're not getting that constant surge that you that you've seen the Lightning have on Toronto at times, where it can be a shift after shift after shift where you're putting pressure on. The Lightning have it, and and to get that answer 25 seconds later stops that momentum, stops that surge, stops the crowd, everything else about it. I thought that was so big in the game. Oh, it was gigantic. I mean, obviously the next goal is always big. Home team's up one nothing, and all that stuff. But not just the next goal, but to get it that quickly 
and to get that kind of a jump from your line. I mean, Hagel, Sorelli, great work in front, and, and Kalorn with the feed there. And I'll tell you what, this is why I talk about momentum. Or actually, I, don't, I talk about how other people talk about it. Every time something like that happens, like what last night happens, nobody says boo about momentum. They say you took the momentum or something like it's some sort of a time. If Toronto had scored the next goal, okay, oh, they had the momentum, that's why they score. Nobody ever says anything when the other team scores, which happens an equal number of times. Like, people don't understand this. The game is random, but most things are random. I don't say random. I mean, the, the two teams, you know, somebody's better than the other. That's not random. But the order in which goals are scored is almost never determined by the order the prior goals were scored. And you don't have a better chance of scoring just because you scored and now the crowd is screaming on the next shift. It, it is, I, I don't know why people don't understand this, but it doesn't bother me. I'm glad the Lightning scored. But when they scored, I thought about that. I was like, you know, if Toronto had scored that next goal, we would have heard till the cows come home about how well they had the momentum and the Lightning couldn't stop their momentum, blah, 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 blah. And, and nobody talks about it when the Lightning scored. It's, there's no momentum. Just, you go out and play the game, and everybody yelling and screaming doesn't matter. Home team, as we know, doesn't matter. It's you know 500 record for the home teams. How you respond, what kind of medal you have, that matters. And the Lightning, we know, already knew they had that, but they showed that again last night. But to go out and have a shift like that, even if they hadn't scored a goal, just to go out and have a shift like that and respond the way they did, that's the most impressive thing, and it's a hallmark of this team and it's a hallmark of you know uh, any team that would go to three straight finals and win two cups like the Lightning have. But it's something you have to be able to do. Hopefully they don't get into too many situations like that. But that was a huge goal to make it 1-1. And they continued through the rest of the period pretty uneventfully. Although, again, the Lightning controlled the run of play, the shot attempts, the shots on goal, the possession, all in their favor through the first period. Then we go to the second period, Steve. And this one felt good for a different reason. Isomont, who's been, you know, had, got injured, came back in, and instead of Janot, they had him in the lineup. They mm -hmm. were missing, and he'd been creating chances, and he'd been, you know, hadn't been able to find the net until these playoffs. He finally did earlier in the series, but in the regular season, going back to that, he'd been playing well. So he comes down the left wing, and I mean, low left circle, no angle, not at all a thing where you're watching the game and you're going, oh, here we go, here we go. I didn't even think anything of it when he got, I thought, oh, he's going to throw a shot on net, whatever, maybe it'll bounce somewhere. And it goes in, and it's exactly the kind of goal that we've been watching happen on the other side where you're like, wait, wait a minute, they scored on that? Only it happened for the Lightning, and that was a huge goal just because, again, they, they didn't just need a goal. They needed a goal where it's like, wait, we scored? Or that, that's not like, that was a bad goal by Samsonov. Mm -hmm. I, I'm not taking away from the shot. The shot was a really good shot. Samsonov didn't have great position, backed into his own net kind of instead of coming out and just really didn't play the puck the right way. Just felt really good. It feels good to get any goal, but it felt really good to get one of those greasy ones where you know you probably shouldn't have had it because it's been going the other way like that so much in this series. Yeah, well... And that's a really bad goal by Samson. I think he was playing really the pass. Bad. He was playing the pass because he let yeah. he let the space off the, the post there because Asimont was down low, a bad angle. He just he, he had to either assume that or he lost track of whatever. But because that that's a that's a goal you cannot let in in that situation. And and good on Asimont for for flying down the wing there and putting it on net. I mean, yeah. as we often say, you never know what's going to happen when you put the puck on net, whether it goes in whether it creates a, a juicy rebound, a scramble, et cetera. In, in the playoffs, it's never a bad idea to put the puck on net. And that's what AC Mont did. He gets the goal. 
almost the game winner. It turns out Toronto got a six on five goal, you know, late in the third period, so it didn't become the game winner. But you know, good on him for you know missing the last three games, draws in the lineup and and makes an immediate impact. And I love his speed, man. I love yeah on the you know the third or fourth line how much speed he brings to that. You need a guy like that. I'm not comparing him directly to Yanni Gord, but you need mm-hmm. guys like that who are like you know they're. They're not maybe the top line guy, mm-hmm. but you know some of these third and fourth lines on lesser teams, especially it's kind of clunky or skaters and things like that. So the, you know the skill teams have guys like that. They're lower on the lines, but hey, they're out there and they can do anything at any time. And to have a guy like him that can create like that to see the finishing happen, and he deserved it because he's had some much more quality looks than that that didn't go, and then this one does. And it was a huge goal to give the Lightning their first lead. At that point, if you want to talk about momentum, the Lightning would have had it. And they played well throughout the second period. They played well throughout the game. End of the second period is when we get, and I'm still trying to figure out what happened with Maroon. We get a play against the wall where he makes a check, which was, I mean, I didn't think it was a dirty check. He wasn't directly behind him. It was kind of a sideways thing. Either way, whatever I think doesn't matter. There was literally a referee standing five feet away with his chest square, like literally staring at the entire play. Not only doesn't make the call, but gestures to the Toronto player that he's not, even as the Toronto player was laying on the ice, the referee like gestured toward him. Like, I'm not calling that is basically what he said. And then Matthews runs at Maroon, doesn't do anything. Maroon kind of puts his arms up to defend himself. I'm not trying to be a homer here. That's what happened, right? Mm Mm-hmm. And then oh, they have a power play to lead off the third period. Still a little confused about that. I know Braden Coburn on the radio broadcast said, uh, that's not a penalty. Right. He said, you know, he didn't board him. He didn't have, he didn't have his you know, face towards the class. It was, it was a clean check. It's, and Coburn couldn't believe they called that penalty. Yeah. And at first I'm thinking, well, wait a minute, because the, ref, the, the referee right in front didn't call it. And then I'm thinking, are they calling it for him pushing Austin Matthews? But they wouldn't do that because Matthews ran at him first. Surely it's not that, but surely it's not the check as well. I don't know what it was. Didn't look like it should have been anything. But either way, the Lightning killed off that penalty to lead off the third. Now, I mean, there was still 18 minutes left, obviously, at that point. But that felt like a very big turning point. It's like we're either going to be tied after this and it's not going to feel good. And again, we're going to go back to the arena being in pandemonium and all this stuff. Or the Lightning are going to get this kill, kind of settle into the third period. They got the kill. And the Lightning had a power play of their own as well, in which they didn't score. We had six shots and, and did a great mm-hmm. job on that. Both teams ended up 0 for 2 on the uh, power play. Well, and that, I think game. that's one of the keys of the game is that yeah. there was only four power plays total in the game. Right. You know, if the Lightning keep this these games five-on-five five play, they've been the better team by far in this series. So if, if, if you stay out of the box – and, and the Lightning did a good job of that on Thursday night. You stay out of the box, you like the Lightning's chances to win the game. Yeah. And what did we talk about in game one? They did that big study on playoff penalties mm-hmm. because the overall number, if you just look at the totals, is roughly the same amount of penalties per game as the regular season, despite everybody thinking, oh, they don't call as many penalties. And we looked deeper. We said, why is that? Well, we didn't do it. We Somebody else did it, and we read their numbers. But – it is true they call fewer penalties in the playoffs, just not in the first couple of games they call more. But now that we're getting into, like we said, five, six, seven, they ain't going to be, you know, one team was one for seven, the other team was two for six. It's going to be two, three power plays a game maybe because they level off later in the series after those first couple of games. So that's where we're at now. And, yeah, we'll take that. I mean, nobody's going to complain about that on the Lightning's end. Normally, 
not just in past years, but against a different opponent, oh, yeah, hey, special teams, that's the Lightning's forte. Against these guys, we're more than happy to keep it 5-on-5, five five, obviously. And the Lightning, and the number, we'll go over numbers corner and all the, all the money puck stuff and everything else. But the Lightning have been doing the job and on 5-on-5, five five, and so last night was another example of it. They get it done, except, well, before I get ahead of myself to the 6-on-5, the, what did end up being the game winner, we shouldn't overlook that goal as Nick Paul makes it. Actually, Ross Colton made a great play mm-hmm. and um, got it down low, came back up. Paul finished. I have to say the most important thing that happened on that play was a random, and this is why you know randomness is such a big player in the game of hockey, but that puck goes off of Aston Reese's skate just after Colton throws it out there, it could have easily have just as easily gone you know, way out of the zone and back toward the other end of the ice. But it goes off the skate of the Toronto defender, and it's a made-to-order look for Paul, who didn't score on the initial shot but got the rebound. But again, that's just one of those completely random bounces that went the Lightning's way, and they deserved it, quite honestly, Steve. But it's one of those random bounces that Nick Paul has not been getting for 30 games now where yeah. he hasn't scored. And yeah. how many good looks and pucks just rolling off the stick or just bouncing over his stick that he's had for... You know, like since what, January, whatever it was the last time he scored a goal. Um, for him to get that goal, I think that's huge. I, I know you don't believe in momentum, but I'm pretty sure you believe in confidence. And Definitely. And when guys don't score for long periods of, of time, it can affect their confidence. And, and, you know, to get that goal for Nick Paul can mean huge things for him. I mean, we, we saw last year in the playoffs how deadly he could be and, and how – how I mean, he scored the two goals to win Game Seven in Toronto last year. And now he scores the the game winner in Game Five to force a Game Six for the Lightning. I mean, he's been great against the Maple Leafs, and to get that goal, you know, it can lead to more confidence in his play. Not that he's played badly, because I think he's played fine. Just hasn't put the puck in the net. But that confidence going into Game Six and hopefully Game Seven will be huge. Yeah, and that absolutely matters. And it's it's the same as baseball. You hit a couple line. You're in a slump. Maybe you hit a couple line drives, and they get caught. And you're still upset because you're still in a slump technically, and mm-hmm. then you get a swinging bunt single, and all this. Even though that's not good, as far as the uh, process, you feel great standing there on first base. Okay, I finally got my hit. You loosen up, and sure, that's exactly the same type of thing. I, I hope that happens with Nick Paul and I, Asimont too. I mean, he had the same type of thing where, mm-hmm. you know, he had had the same. Well, he he did score with the going. final what ten it, seconds of the last regular season game. Yeah, he scored that one, yep. and that was a you know nice one that he scored last night too. And so hopefully more guys are starting to feel like, I mean, with the Lightning, this series has kind of been marked by the secondary scoring. Like, they've been getting production. Uh, I think the Lightning have had goals now by 14 of their skaters. Yeah, I mean, that's insane. And if you had told me that, only that stat before the series started, I'd be like, oh, man, we're, we're totally dominating, which they kind of are, except not in the series score. But... I think now it's time for the big boys to step up. I mean, game six and seven, and you, it could be anybody, but they're going to need it from the top guys. The best players are still going to need to be the best players. But really good to see Paul get his goal there. So then, Steve, of course, Toronto pulls the goaltender with four minutes left. And why not? Hey, I'm starting to wonder the way it's been going in this series, why anybody even uses a goaltender against the light. You just play the whole game six on five. You might be able to win like 15, 14 or something like that because you're almost guaranteed to get a goal, but it happened again. And it, it happened off and the faceoffs last night were 58% to 42% for Toronto. But forget the totals, just the situational ones. Big, big defensive zone faceoff. They've got the goalie pulled. They don't win it. Toronto gets it. 
It ends up leading to another Austin Matthews goal in front of the net. And what were your feelings? Like, right when that happened, I'll be honest, I, I wasn't, I, even though I should have been, just because of what's already happened, I still wasn't that worried. But Toronto people, they felt differently because they got pretty excited, even though they were still down a goal. You could tell they thought, hey, we're doing this again. Well, when you're not doing anything five-on-five five for most of the game, and the Lightning are controlling that play, you put that extra attacker out there and you look like a totally different team. And, and you know, anytime they've had a man advantage, whether it's five on four or right. whether it's six on five, they've been extremely dangerous. And, you know, it, and it creates, uh, you don't like momentum, but it creates confidence in themselves as well. And, you know, so, but what you're hoping is, okay, there's three minutes or whatever it was left, you know, the Lightning need to get an empty netter. Like, you didn't want them to play three more minutes of six-on-five play. Right. That's, what, that's what concerns you. It's, it's not that the Lightning can't kill off a six-on-five, but could they do it for three more minutes, essentially? And, th- and that's what you worried about. You wanted them. You end up getting it with four seconds left or five seconds, whatever it was. Yeah. But, you know, the Lightning did a great job on that six-on-five. I mean, yes, they gave up the one goal, but after that, you know, they, they kept it out of the net and kept and preserved the win. Yeah, and they did hit the post before the uh, Matthews goal. It, it was uh, almost a non-issue anyway because that puck goes in and they're up two goals or three goals, excuse me, it would have been at the time. Uh, instead, they hit the post, come back on the other end. But, yeah, you're right. I mean, you're in a short-term empty net situation like the more traditional ones at the end of games. You'll sacrifice a chance to score a goal just to get the puck out. You, if you get a chance to score the empty netter, great. But, no, you're right. When it's a longer-term one like that, you are expressly thinking we need to score a goal here just to snuff this whole thing out because uh, any team that long is a tough kill, but especially a team as talented as Toronto. Mm-hmm. Well, and it becomes and a scramble. Done. It becomes yeah. a scramble where it's not necessarily cycling and run of play. It's, there's more urgency on that team that's got the six skaters on the ice. And, and maybe they're doing things a little differently and a little faster because and, 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 they're just charging at that point. Yeah. You know, they've got nothing to lose, essentially, because they're already losing the game. So, you know, it creates more, even more randomness, per se, in, in the run of play and in how things play out. So, you know, you want to try to avoid that. Absolutely. And the Lightning had some tense moments there at the end after the 4-3, after the goal that made it, or excuse me, after the goal that made it 4-2, to two, or excuse me again, 3-2. to two, mm-hmm. And then Kaloran with a few seconds left. At that point, the clock was ticking down anyway. But he was able to pop one in there, which was nice to see. And the final score ends up 4-2 to two for the Lightning. We'll take our first break. Uh, when we come back, I want to talk about one guy who we talked about a lot the last show. And we've gone right back to taking him for granted. Haven't said much about him yet, but Andre Vasilevsky had a lot to do with why the Lightning were able to win last night. We'll talk about that and more. If you want to email me, bobbygameday at yahoo.com is the email address. B-O-B-B-Y-G-A-M-E-D-A-Y, bobbygameday at yahoo.com. You can find me on Twitter at Bobby Game Day. We'll be right back. It's a happy edition of Lightning Playoff Rewind as we're now getting ready for Game 6. But more to come on today's show here on the Strike 1025 HD2 and the Lightning mobile app. Bolts Nation, it's time to strike back. Don't miss your chance to experience the excitement of Stanley Cup Playoff Hockey. Secure your tickets today at TampaBayLightning.com. The Tampa Bay Lightning. Be the Thunder. 
This is Lightning Playoff Rewind with Bobby Fenton on Lightning Radio 24-7 on the Lightning Mobile app. Nylander the other way. Wheels to the Lightning zone. A drop feed. Kerfoot holds it in left point. Find that Nylander. Put it in front. Yard truck shoots. Save base. He shoots again. Save Vasilevsky. Wow. And he holds on. Two big stays on Yard Croak. 27 seconds left in the kill. That's classic Vasilevsky. Two unbelievable saves. Back to back. You know, he's proven time and time again uh, that he's the best in the business. And, uh, you know, he, he saw that puck, uh, you know, from the blue line in, so made it a lot easier. So, uh, you know, he comes up big when we need him. You know, we obviously don't want to give up those kind of breakaways, but, uh, you know, stuff like that's going to happen throughout games, and that's when you need your best players to be your best players. And he's obviously uh, one of our absolute top players, and he proven that tonight. Ever since I've, I've gone to Tampa, each and every night, Vassie's been our best player, and he's, he's back there making saves for us. He's a rock for us back there. and. You know, when he's making those saves, obviously gives us huge momentum boosts and, uh, you know, keeps us in games and, and, and gets us going. Big time saves, he makes them. He's not scared about it. He's not shy. You know, if he needs to do the splits and do a windmill glove save, he'll do it. He's unbelievable. He's one of the best goalies. He is the best goalie in the league. Uh, I think he's short today. Yeah, that was more like what the Lightning have been needing. And Andre Vasilevsky came up very big last night and... It's basically been the difference in this series because if he plays like that and the Lightning defense needs to be better too than they were last night, but if he plays like that, the skaters can pick up the rest of the slack. But they they just need to know he's back there taking care of business the way he did last night. And if he continues to do that, the Lightning, even though they're down 3-2, have a very good chance in this series. And I know we've picked on him a lot, Steve, or maybe I've picked on him a lot, and you know, the way it's gone the first few games, there was a lot of reasons why the Lightning lost two of the three games that they lost that they shouldn't have lost. He wasn't the only reason, but his play was one of the reasons. And so last night, all the different bright spots you want to see, that was a big one. And like I said, even when they scored early in the game, when Toronto scored, it wasn't a big deal. I didn't think it was a bad goal by Vasilevsky. He clamped down after that and... You heard the clip there of Braden Coburn marveling at it as Dave Michigan called. Uh, there was a bunch of great chances on the doorstep there, some grade-A stuff. He stopped all that, didn't let in anything that was even remotely questionable. That's what it's going to have to be. I mean, I, I hate to take him you know, for granted or ask too much, but when you have a goalie with his reputation and who's done what he's done and who's signed to a contract based on those merits – you know, that's what you expect to get. And you know how good the Lightning can be when they get it. We saw it last night. Well, you need Vasilevsky. You always say in games, you need your best players to be your best players. You need him to be good. And I looked. I didn't see him wearing any, any X-ray glasses, but yet he was still great last night. So um, <laughs> if you heard those comments after or before game five, uh, he, Vasilevsky was asked, what can you do better or what do you need to do better? And he said, maybe get some – expletive x-ray glasses and yeah. uh, kind of got a laugh at everybody but Vasilevsky was really good I mean in series how many goals are you really putting on Vasilevsky I mean he maybe he didn't make a couple saves that are out of this world that you ex- that you kind of come to expect that he would make but there's only been maybe two or three goals at most this series that you would say maybe Vazzy would like back I mean, how many tips have they I had? Mean, how many power play goals have they had? Or six-on-five goals have they had? I mean, you know, those are – maybe he hasn't made one or two spectacular ones that we've come to get used to with him because he's the best goalie in the world. But I, I still he think he's played well, but place. he played better last night. 
No, yeah, I'm not. I'm not trying to rehash what we are the mm-hmm. criticism, but since, to answer your question, going into last night's game, he was in last place of all playoff goalies as far as goals saved above expected. Yeah, I, After I, last I, night's effort, he moved up one spot. Now, who's in last place? Do you want to guess? Uh, Samsonov. Yes, and exactly. <laughs> Samsonov's in only by a tenth of a goal, but the the point is. And yeah, you're right. If you want to go goal by goal by goal, I, I mean, I, I know that, and I don't know how many goals that they expected Andre Vasilevsky to give up last night. But th- the other night when they gave up, well, uh, you know, it said that Vasilevsky should have only given up three. Well, there was three world class tips. First of all, yeah, nobody's yeah. stopping those. But in the other goals too, it was like, I, I mean, you're well, you do sometimes. Sometimes you get lucky and stuff. That's that's well, what it's all based on. I, yeah. There's a few of those goals that maybe didn't look bad, and maybe an average guy wouldn't have stopped them, but someone like Vasilevsky would have, you know? And not necessarily each individual one. We're going to break it down, you know, frame by frame. But overall, he was giving up more than even a replacement-level goalie would be giving up mm-hmm. before last night. Now, last night, to answer your question, his expected goals against was 3.8. Basically four, he gave up two. That's more like it. Samsonov's expected goals allowed was two and a half, and he gave up three. So the Lightning uh, got, I mean, that was only a little bit higher. But, yeah, I mean, Vasilevsky, that's the type of effort you're used to. Going to make all the saves that you expect any goalie to make, and then a couple more, they, oh, yeah, that probably would have been a goal or should have been a goal, but we got Vasi, and that's what they're going to, I mean, hey, it, it may be asking a lot, but that's who he is. It's what they need. Well, as you said, you want your best players to be your best players. Yeah. And Vazzy was really good on Thursday night. And you need, you're yeah. going to need him to be really good on Saturday night as well. And, and yeah, and no question. If the Lightning can simply – and I know, you know the, the comedy made about the X-ray glasses. He's had a lot of traffic in front of him. He's had a lot of bodies in front of him. Mm-hmm. Toronto's been able to get some shots off from the point. It feels like the Lightning limited that a little bit more last night, which was – you know, I know, I know Derek Lalonde said that. They, they brought up that interview he did. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> where he had been, you know, very candid about, oh yeah, that's Vassy's weak deal, you know, those shots from the point, those are bad. Don't do those against us. Uh, and then we're going to structure our team so nobody can do that. So of course, you know, everybody makes a big deal about, oh, you're giving away what you know, you don't want other teams to try against us. I know John Cooper, kind of tongue in cheek, said, oh, hey, he can say what he wants on the shows, but hey, you don't know if he's telling the truth. Which obviously, Lalonde was telling the truth, but Cooper doesn't want to say that. But, yeah, I mean, that that's, seems to have been – when we do complain, it seems to be on those type of plays. So limiting those type of plays that would follow would be one of the most important things. And the Lightning were able to do that. So now we get ready for game six. They fly back down here. You look at the mentality now, and I, I'll do numbers corner right now with the hay because I was curious about – I'm always curious about it. And I don't – I'm still working on the numbers as far as – and I'll tweet them if I get them – the exact sequence of wins as far as, you know, win, loss, 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 win, whatever it is. You know, now it's 3-2. But any time, any NHL history, down 3-2 in the series as the road team or the lower-seeded team for the whole series. So home team for game six, road team for game seven, down 3-2. This is actually worse than I thought the series record for teams in that situation is only 50 and 202 for a 198 winning percentage. I would think it would have been about a third of the time the team comes back and wins, but it's only four out of five, or, or one out of five for the team in the Lightning's position. The game six record of teams in the Lightning's position, down 3 2 playing game six at home, trying to force a seventh game, is 118 
and 134. That's a 468 winning percentage. That, it's a, the game six win percentage sounds about right. I'm surprised it's below 200 for the series, though, Steve. Well, we know the decided advantage that the home team has in game seven. So, you know, even though the, you know, the game six percentage is pretty good, you know, you know that in game seven, the home team, what, wins it 65% of the time or something like that, I believe. Why do you I'm think that is? doing my head. Why do you think that? I'll, I know why I think. Why do you think it is? I, th- I think it's several reasons. I think it's, one, you're the home team, which meant you had the better record that season. That's what it is. And so you're probably the better team. Right. The be- right, exactly. The, the team with a better record wins. The- I don't think it has anything to do with the actual venue of the game, or very little at least. Well, I, I, think, I think the crowd at times can help amp your confidence up at times. But, yeah, I mean, typically the team hosting Game 7 is considered the better team. They have right, the better record. So, it. yeah, I mean, you know, the better team should win most series. I mean, that's kind of the, the way sports is supposed to be. But they don't always win the series. And the point I'm getting at is that these are based on huge sample sizes, based on years and years of lots of different situations. Some series where clearly one team was better. This series, even though Toronto was uh, the lightning, what was it, 13 points, I don't feel like they're the better team. Do you like do you, right now? Just right now, it's three-two. Forget all that. They got the lightning have to win two games. Toronto's going to only have to win one, obviously. But just looking at the two teams, who do you feel is like the better team right now? Going into the series, I would have told you probably Toronto. I would have too, but right now, having watched I'm, five games against each other, I, I, as you keep it five on five, I'll take the lightning all day long. Yeah, I mean, I, <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, I mean, we'll I see, we'll, like we'll see what adjustments Toronto now makes and maybe some lineup adjustments and, and things like that. I know and listen to some of the Toronto folks, they're not happy with the play of several forwards and the, the bottom D pair and, you know, they want to see Michael Bunting back in, et cetera. So we'll see what Sheldon Keefe changes, if anything, or what adjustments they make in play. But five on five, the Lightning have carried play in this series. Absolutely. And I was fine with the bunting suspension, although I would have been fine if they had only suspended him one game because I thought it was addition by subtraction. I don't think he's that big of a deal. And Toronto's no dummies. They had the opportunity to put him back in last night. They chose not to do it. Uh, Do you think they make a change in that direction just because the podcasters and the media are saying it doesn't make it so? But do you think that's something they'd be thinking about with bringing him back into the fold? I think think they'll look at bringing him back in. I don't think he's going to go in for Matthew Nyes, who – is who he's well. he came out for. I think you'll see, uh, you know, specifically they mentioned guys like uh, Yarncroke and and others that they would like to see maybe Bunting come in for, where, you know, he's kind of played up on those lines earlier in the season too. So uh, it'll it'll be interesting if, you know, Justin Hall's been the, the target of a lot of anger in the Toronto fans and media as far as defensively. Will they make a change yeah. in the back end as well? Um, it, it'll be interesting to see what Sheldon Keefe does now. And as John Cooper, I, you know, assuming AC Mont stays in, although Janot could come back in too, who knows? I mean, it'll be interesting what John Cooper does for his lineup too. I mean, it, 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 he's in. Like, so AC Mont's not going anywhere. Uh, if Janot comes back in, they could still do that and make a change for somebody else or something like that. But, yeah, you're, there, there's all kinds of things that could be done. Uh, one of the things, and I want to, if we can, can we play the bonus clip after the breaks? I want to play that clip yes. if we can. Um, one of the things that I do, like I said, watching these five games, even the ones the Lightning lost, I feel very confident in this Lightning team going up against Toronto. In fact, more confident now, down 3-2, than I was at 0-0. But given the way it's gone for three games, and these things don't last forever, there's one word that worries me, 
and well, I guess it's two words, it might be a compound word, pushback. And that's something I think we might be able to expect on Saturday night. We'll take a break. We'll talk about it on the other side. This is Lightning Playoff Rewind. Email me if you want to, bobbygameday at yahoo.com, on Twitter at bobbygameday, joined by Steve Versnick. we got another segment to go. We're here till 10 a.m. We're getting ready for Game 6 and more here on the Strike 1025 HD and Lightning Radio 24-7. Sports Nation, it's time to strike back. Stay up to date on all Tampa Bay Lightning Stanley Cup playoff info, including watch parties, home plaza parties, ticket information, and more at tampabaylightning.com slash 2023 playoffs. The Tampa Bay Lightning, be the thunder. This is Lightning Playoff Rewind with Bobby Fenton on Lightning Radio 24-7 on the Lightning mobile app. Flex that to Lafferty at center ice. He's checked by AC Mott, who wins it for Ian Cole back in the Lightning end, right wing Bogosian. Early second, one won the score. Bogosian, left wing, Acevon. Speeds across the Toronto line. He's open left circle. Oh. Shoots! Score! Mikey Acevon! 2-1 Lightning! He surprised Samsonov! What a cheeky play. Finds the five hole. Samsonov leaning off his post. Great shot by Mikey there. Well, first I had to get around that D-man, and, um, you know, he's a great goalie, so, you know, sometimes you got to be a little crafty, and... It's just something I've worked on with uh, Halpy at some of these some of these morning skates, so um, figured I'd try it. He's fast, he's hungry, he wants the puck. Uh, he's got some great skill. Um, you know, when he's motoring out there and he's demanding the puck and he's making plays, it's definitely hard to stop. You know, it's great to read off and, I mean, slick little little five-hole play there he had. Trying to go around the net, slip at five-hole. Uh, brought a lot of energy uh, and big-time goal. It's, it's the year of the road team, and it's uh, crazy how that works. Uh, that's why, like, let's be honest, this game's so damn fun. You got two teams going at it. There's so many storylines. There's stars here. There's, like, seriously, wouldn't you guys have been pissed off if this ended tonight? So let's uh, let's all be back here for Game Seven. That's the goal. But Lightning have to win Game Six first. That'll be on Saturday night tomorrow, 7 p.m. Amelie Arena, and. Much like last season, where the Lightning were down 3-2. Now, they didn't get down two games at any point, but they were down 3-2. Came in for game six at Amelie Arena. Braden Point with the overtime winner. That sent it to game seven, where the Lightning won on the strength of two Nick Paul goals. We'll see who the heroes are on either side and what happens starting tomorrow night. But we'll have it all covered, and we're here with you now on Lightning Playoff Rewind. Bobby Fenton along with Steve Versnick and... You heard some of the highlights there from last night as the Lightning getting contributions from all over, and they've had 14 different guys. That's not even a numbers corner stat. That one just needs to be mentioned over and over that have scored in this series, and the and depth has certainly been there. And that's without Hedman scoring, too. Right? Yeah, he's usually you know a, a reliable one. He's played well, but, yeah, hasn't scored a goal. Maybe he steps up tomorrow night and gets one. We'll see. But the Lightning have gotten the contributions from up and down the roster. They've certainly – gotten the contributions from Vassy last night as he ends up. And that, that I got a, a tweet here from Astrid. She says, guys, I know they try and keep the outside noise to the outside, but, man, you could just tell that Vassy heard the haters that Marner save took metal. Yeah, we even mentioned that. So that's a – I don't know what the expected goals are on a Mitch Marner breakaway, but it's probably close to one. Maybe it's like .8 or something like that. So there's an example of where you can get the numbers up by making a save. And that was a huge spot there, too. I haven't even mentioned that one yet. Yeah, I mean, you know, looking back now, knowing it was a one-goal game till the empty net or five seconds to go, uh, you know, that save there was huge. And, and, you know, and for momentum, confidence, whatever you want to do, it would have helped Toronto immensely had they got that goal there. 
And Vazzy stopping it just, you know, lets them keep run of play, keep doing what they were doing so effectively in that game, playing with the lead. Yep. And so one of the things we talk about, and we just went back and forth about momentum. You could, you could, it's semantics. You could argue about what momentum even is. Mm-hmm. But what we know when you watch hockey, and for what, I mean, every sport is like this to a degree, but for whatever reason, hockey, I think it's because it's more of a heart sport. It's more of a hustle sport than the other sports are. And I think it's because of that. But hockey, guys, I don't want to say they try harder or play harder, but as the situations change, the reactions of the players change. And guys play a certain way when they're in a comfort zone. They play another way when they're in a more desperate situation. It's just the nature. You can tell yourself in your mind, well, I'm going 109,000% all the time and it doesn't matter. It does matter. There's a place you can only get to when you're desperate or when you're thinking about it. I remember, Steve, when I, I was playing high school football, my coach, who's now at Toledo as the quarterback's coach, but Bob Wiener, who's my wide receiver's coach at Jesuit, that he went and won state championships at Plant. He used to do this thing with us where he'd say, everybody line up, run in place as fast as you can, and we'd start running in place. And after about 10 seconds, he'd go, all right, now go a little faster, and everybody would speed up. And he'd go, well, wait a second. I thought I told you to run as fast as you can the first time. And it's like, you know what? He's right. We, we, you'd think you're doing it, but when you get pushed to another level, it's a little bit different. This is all a long way of saying there's a phrase that you hear us use a lot called pushback, and I've been waiting for I thought we'd get it last night, but I guess being up 3-1, even though they got outplayed, made them a little more complacent. I'm looking for quite a bit of pushback in Game 6, though, tomorrow night from Toronto. It's not going to be the way it has been the last three games, win or lose. Well, it, they have to have some pushback. or they have to. They're going to you know, go to a Game 7 at home. And then what do you have? You know, I mean, how many times? That'll be, what, 11 games in a row that Toronto wouldn't have closed it out if that happens. And then you're going home for a game seven with a very nervous crowd in the building. Excited, but nervous. And, uh, you know, all those questions again. And, and you know, and, and you lose that game, then you start thinking of, you know, what's that going to mean for the team and, and everyone involved? I mean, that's something Toronto wants to avoid, being up 3-1 in the series. They do not want to go to a game seven. And if we, if we don't see pushback in game six, I think it tells you a lot about that team. I just hope the Lightning are right. I'm really concerned about it because I have a feeling that game's going to start and we're going to be like, whoa, like this is, you know, like it's not. It's, I'm, I'm worried it's going to feel, going way back here, but it's going to feel like game one of the series last season. I'm worried that that's what tomorrow night's going to feel like because I don't think they're going to screw around. I think for all the stuff the media says and all the narratives and all the history and all the stuff that hangs over the franchise for this particular group of players doesn't go back as far, although they have a little bit of baggage of their own. But I've got a feeling they're going to be like, you know, no, that we're not doing any of this. And they're going to be ready to, you know, bleed out there on the ice to get it done in Tampa tomorrow night. And the Lightning obviously are feeling good, but they're still the ones, if you look, it's 3-2, Leafs, not 3-2 Lightning. Mm-hmm. The Lightning are still the ones who have to be desperate. And I'm just worried Toronto's going to be more desperate, even though they're the ones up 3-2, just because of the way this series has unfolded. So I'm kind of concerned about that. And I just I hope it doesn't go that way. Uh, you know, if they can weather it, first few minutes, are gonna, you know, we're going to know a lot those first 5-10 minutes. But it, it's going to be tough tomorrow. Now, it's not going to be, like I'm saying, even though they lost two of the last three, the Lightning have kind of had their way with them. It will not be that way 
over these next uh, 60 minutes tomorrow night. No chance. Well, you know, I, th- I, think if, I think the keys to the game for the Lightning are going to be the same. Stay out of the penalty box. If you keep this a five-on-five game, then I think you, you, you'll see desperation out of Toronto, You're, and you need to see it out of Tampa Bay too because, you know, they're the ones who could be eliminated. I mean, no matter what happens in Saturday night, Toronto's going to play another hockey game, whether yeah. it's Monday for game seven or it's the next round. Yeah. Tampa Bay is the one facing elimination still. But I don't think Toronto wants to go to a game seven with the, the, the Lightning who've, you know, proven over the last few years that how successful they are in the playoffs and – in elimination games and Vasilevsky particularly in elimination games. Yeah, no, it's true. And that's what the Lightning have to keep in mind. And I know, I'm sure they know the opportunity they have in front of them. And I'm sure they know it's gettable now. And, uh, you know, I'm not going to say winner of game six wins the series because that's not how it works. But, you know, like you said, obviously only one team has to win it. But pushback, that is a real thing. Maybe not momentum, but pushback is. And if you don't believe me, you can listen to Rick Bonus, the former Lightning assistant. He's now the head coach at Winnipeg. They were closed out by the Golden Knights last night in the fifth game. So a 4-1 series win there. And normally, when that happens, there's a post-mortem and all that. And I guess they got him pretty raw, like right after the game. You don't usually hear your own players called out, but there's that word pushback again. Here's Rick Bonus, Winnipeg head coach, after they were eliminated by the Golden Knights in five games last night. Overall thoughts, I'm so disappointed and disgusted right now. That's my thoughts. Where does the disgust come from? Pardon me? Where does the disgust come from? No pushback. But it's the same crap we saw in February. It was. That's why we, so as soon as we were challenging for first place and teams were coming after us, we had no pushback. This series, we had no pushback. Their better players were so much better than ours, it's not even close. It was like you've been holding these feelings on for a bit. Was it just yep. out of tonight's game or finally wanted to release that? It's, it started with, back in January and February. What is it about this team's leadership core that, or the top-end players? We've talked all we got to push back. There's got to be a pushback. There's got to be pride. you got to be able to push back when things aren't going your way. We had no pushback. Their better players were so much better than ours tonight. They deserved to win. They were the better team in the regular season. They were the better team in this series. Anything else? Good. Thanks. And there you have it. I think I should have written it down, but I think I counted eight times he said pushback, roughly. Uh, probably somewhere around there. It might have been seven or eight, or yeah, it was one of those things. And I, you know, I watched some of that series a lot of time. You know, the lightning would be on, then the game would end, and I'd go watch that one. So I saw some of those games, and there's a reason people use that word a lot. And Dave Mishkin's the one who actually introduced me to the phrase years ago, talking to him. But it's a real thing. And, yeah, I mean, Winnipeg got their backs against the wall, but it didn't go any differently than it had been when they weren't against the wall. They just kind of floated through there. And Vegas is a really good team. They're the number one overall seed in the West. There's a reason for that. But uh, you could hear the disgust in his voice, and you don't usually hear guys call out their own players that directly, Steve. Yeah, usually ever, but especially not right after the season has just ended. Well, and, and, and look, this the organization has been considered one of the better teams for years now, but never seemed to come through in the playoffs. Paul Maurice last year, what, midway through the season, left? Just said he had enough, and now he's coaching in Florida, and you kind of wonder, you know, what's going on in the organization and in the room there. And, and now you got Rick Bonus in there calling his players out for not having pushback or pride. Um, you know, it sounds like that, that's not that, – things are not going well there. Yeah, doesn't sound like a stable situation. 
and you're not going to fire all the players. So let's see. We'll see if there's any repercussions here or if they can talk it out like men and, and get it all settled before the offseason. But they're done. And, hey, they're not going to be the only ones, okay? Seven other teams are going to be eliminated in the next few days of the eight series that are going on right now. If you look across the line, they're all 3-2 except for the one that ended last night, 4-1. So it, nobody's out of it yet except for Winnipeg, and I mean that literally and figuratively. Even the Panthers the other night had a nice response after a big Allmark mistake in overtime, and they get the 3-2. If they have nothing else, at least they're forcing Boston to go back down to Florida for a game six. And uh, everybody's got a game six coming up. And I know New Jersey was down 2 nothing to the Rangers. They've won three in a row. The Islanders are still hanging around, even though it looks like Car I still think Carolina closes that series out. On and on and on. The Lightning, of course, have their chance tomorrow night to get it extended again and try to force a game seven. Let's do a quick numbers corner. The rest of it, I had a few other things after we got into the uh, goal saved against all that stuff earlier in the show. But now with the Lightning... 209 all-time playoff games after last night. They're 121 and 88. Like we said, the team to score first in this series is now 3 and 2 after starting off 3 and 0. The home team is only 1 and 4. We gave you the numbers about being down 3-2 in a series, home for game 6. Not great overall, a 198 winning percentage in the series, but a 468 winning percentage in game 6. Looking at John Cooper, wanted to mention him. And the Lightning, a couple of numbers of note here. That was John Cooper's 86th all-time playoff win last night. He is now tied for 10th all-time in NHL history among coaches. He tied with Ken Hitchcock with that win, so he can move into 10th place on his own with a win tomorrow night or his next win, whenever that is. And then this one, I didn't realize, but of course the Lightning set so many records with their playoff performance the past three seasons. The Lightning are now just the fourth franchise in NHL history to win 50 playoff games in a span of just four seasons. Obviously, those early 80s Islanders from, well, they did it twice. So they say fourth franchise. It's been done five times. The Islanders did it twice. 60 playoff wins in four seasons from 80 to 83. 57 from 81 to 84. Oilers, 53 from 85 to 1988. And they also did it twice, actually. Uh, did 52 from 1984 to 1987, and then the 90s Red Wings won 54 in four seasons from 1995 to 1998. So it's cool to be in that. I mean, those are all historic franchises, and it's cool for the Lightning to be in that company. Of course, 51 would be nice, and that's what they're going to need if they're going to keep this series going. So a 7 o'clock face-off tomorrow night. What's the Lightning Radio schedule as we get ready for that one? Eric Carlinson and Bobby the Chief Taylor will have pregame skate at 6 o'clock from the Scar City Tap Room, right there off Ford Thunder Alley. Greg Linelli, the pregame show at 6.30. Dave and Phil on the call at 7. And of course, Greg with the postgame. And the last call will be at Scar City Tap Room as well. Uh, that'll be J.P. Peterson and Brian Engblom. There we go. And we will be back with you 47 hours from right now on Sunday morning at 9 a.m., just like today, hoping we're talking about a win, a series extension, and a Game 7. But we don't even need to worry about that right now. Don't even say the words Game 7. It's a hockey game. It's Saturday night, 7 p.m., Amelie Arena. Obviously, we expect a sellout. And many more people out on the plaza and everywhere else. It's going to be all kinds of fun. One thing else you can expect, though, is going to be a ferocious response from the Maple Leafs. The Lightning are going to need to be ready to match it. We'll see what happens. So, Steve, it was fun. Enjoy the rest of the next couple of days. Let's get ready for Game 7 tomorrow. And we will join you 47 hours from right now on another edition of Lightning Playoff Rewind here on the Strike 1025 HD and Lightning Radio 24-7.